Welcome to the special one-off episode of Walk With Lawrence in association with Trek Bars. This episode is specifically all about the joys and benefits of walking, of which there are many, both physical and emotional. So there really couldn't be a better partner to share in the delights of walking, hiking, or trekking than trek bars. In fact, they have fueled my enjoyment over many a long walk, or long day for that matter, over the many years that I have been enjoying them. Trek bars deliver energy through 100% plant-based ingredients, natural protein, nothing artificial, gluten-free, and vegan. Alongside the perfect episode partner in Trek Bars, I am joined by the perfect guest for a conversation around walking. Simon Jeffries is a former Special Forces soldier who combines his elite military experience with cutting-edge neuroscience and psychology to help others remove limitations, find their peak mental performance, and build resilience. He spent time walking in all sorts of terrains, both at home and abroad, and in both friendly and hostile environments. Walking has made up a huge part of his life, and in this episode, he ponders over the numerous wonders of walking, as do I. Simon has a wonderful way of seamlessly combining anecdotes from his life experience with wellness hacks that you can take away. As this conversation around walking makes headway, it may at the very least inspire fresh new ways to view how walking fits into our lives and how walking may now, with its physical and emotional benefits, be more important than ever. This is perhaps a conversation less about the commonly touted physical benefits of walking and more about peripheral philosophical themes that are just so juicy to explore when looking to elevate one's life experience through the fitness-led lifestyle. So, without further ado, strap those walking boots on. It's time for a walk with Lawrence. Oh, and, uh, and Simon. Oh, and uh, some Trek bars, of course. Oh, welcome to the podcast with your host, Lawrence. <coughs> oh, sorry, <coughs> something in my throat. <coughs> oh, that's better. Yes, welcome to my podcast, Walk with Lawrence, the podcast where I walk and talk with some wonderful human beings. Some of them will be my friends. Some of them will be people I've just met. Either way, it's going to be a scrumptiously delightful conversation that I hope you get a lot from. I hope you have some laughs. I hope you have some tears. A whole range of emotions. Either way, I hope you enjoy it. And I love you very much. And thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is a massive moment because this is the first episode of series two of Walk with Lawrence. And already it's very clear that it's an episode unlike any other because I am walking with my fantastic guest. But we are, are, we are at opposite ends of the country. I am in Hampshire and Simon Jeffries, where are you, sir? I'm in Worcester at the moment, Mr. Price, Worcester. Beautiful. And can you just tell us a little bit about where you're walking right now? Set the scene for us, Simon. I am. So right now I am walking out on the footpath with Els. You can see here. Els. Uh, with the hound. Um, and we are on the footpath basically behind my parents' house in lovely rural Worcestershire, um, which is where I grew up. So I grew up in the countryside and very, very lucky to have this sort of on my doorstep. It is pouring rain at the moment, as you can see, but I didn't want to let you down, Lawrence. So we came along anyway, and it's still lovely to get into the outdoors. Um, and although it's actually a point I wanted to sort of go into, or I think it's worth us talking about, is, you know, 
it's amazing we can get into the countryside like this and i highly recommend it through all the stuff that sort of we teach and coach but you know just getting to a park a bit of green space that might be nearby um, or anything that you have access to there's still so many benefits you don't need to make big treks to get fully into the countryside um, you know 10-15 minutes here or there every day just in a bit of a green space holds a lot of benefit in itself yeah and I think that 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 lights up a really important point to start off with is that you've got a going for a walk setting out to go for a walk somewhere and that might be driving to the lake district that might be you know a, it could be a sort of real mission to deliberately go about uh walking for hours on end but then b you've also got just making those day-to-day -day choices you know walking to work through the local park takes you a bit longer but it lights up your day as you say with all those added benefits um and i, th I think that this is a real kind of key theme of the the conversation i'd love to have with you today is about the benefits of walking and how you can factor it into your life. I mean, how often would you go for a walk, as it were? So pretty much every day. Um, that doesn't mean big walks. I will go. So if I'm not doing any form of training in the morning, so if I'm not going for a run or something, then the first thing I'll do before I do pretty much anything else is go for a walk. So I'll get up, clean my teeth, get dressed. I won't look at my phone, anything else like that. And I'll just go out for a walk and that could be 10 minutes or 30 minutes just to get outside, get the body moving to start all those vital processes that happen when we do move the body. And interestingly, I don't know whether you did that as an intentional pun of light up your day, but getting out into morning light, which is obviously far easier in the summer than the winter, but exposing yourself to early morning daylight is so crucial for keeping your circadian rhythm in sync. Because when that rhythm is out of sync, when you're not sort of getting light early in the day or throughout the day and not sleeping in darkness at light, it really does affect every single process in your body um you know we've all felt jet well jet lagged or the effects of jet lag most of us have before and how um, bad that makes you feel when your circadian rhythm's out of sync you're basically getting less obviously not so much noticeable or i say not noticeable often things that we have symptoms of going wrong or problems we're experiencing um we don't link back to some of the causal factors and getting your circadian rhythm and sync to me is a really easy health win. Um, I'm kind of going a bit off topic here, but you know, we always think about health as we have to be, have strict diets or do certain amounts or types of exercise. Whereas in actual fact, to get that baseline of health, really simple things, 10 minute walk in the morning um, in natural light being one of the you know, consistent small actions like that add up to have a massive effect yeah, do you know, I don't think it's off topic at all, Simon. I think it's completely on topic because on that point, you know, and I've had this conversation before that we're at risk of becoming an indoor species. You know, we do very unnatural things if you think about it. You know, we, we stay up later than we should with unnatural light looking at computer screens. Um, and then we, we spend all days indoors sat at a desk look, looking at another computer screen and so on. I think that any opportunity you can have and the first thing you do at the start of the day obviously sets that chain reaction of emotional uh, 
um, the way it employs emotionally and, uh, you know, intentions, physical behaviors for the rest of the day. Um, it's, going for a walk is like the ultimate kind of reconnecting back to nature, back to yourself, back to the present moment. And it's almost like the antidote for all of the issues that we experience in, in modern life. So uh, I think it's one of the most simple uh, sort of health uh, and mental wellness hacks that we can do. Um, now, because it's quite a walking isn't sexy, is it? I mean, like you and I are changing that. We're making it sexy. We're changing the game, Simon. No, exactly. But, <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's not like it's a harder sell than, than something, yeah. you know, like than like a hit workout or something else that is really explosive dynamic because it's slow and steady. It's the whole point of walking is to slow down the pace yeah. and to sort of really be present in the moment. And this is, you know, our innate uh, de desire and we're designed to to roam and to explore with curiosity the land around us and it you know we're, right now i'm standing in a wood i've got the bluebells around i've got rain droplets on the leaves and even if i'm not focusing on it um with extreme mindfulness it's all it's all influencing me in some shape or form i'm processing it and they're parts of my brain which are really um being lit up by it. i find that I, I i go on a walk in the morning and i just the creativity i have just absolutely blossoms if you excuse the pun again and you know, I'll write stuff down and I'll go home and it's like, I, I wouldn't have had those ideas. I wouldn't have had that inspiration if I just sat in a sort of four, between four walls in a room, you know, and just tried to sort of kickstart my, my, my cognitive function to a place um, that didn't want to go. Because, you know, all you need to do sometimes is take a walk and, and the ideas that are often already within us come to the surface. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, you know, a couple of points that you said there, one, you're right, you know, it's not sexy and in a world where we're constantly sold the latest and greatest um, high intensity program or supplement. Going back to basics or trying to get people to embrace basics, um, early morning light, walking, um, optimizing sleep, really simple wins that basically don't cost anything except for a little bit of time investment have a massive like absolutely dramatic impact on our health and part of it is exactly what you said there you're tapping into um how we're biologically designed to live i think sometimes because paleo and things like that people can see when you talk about um sort of evolution or the things that we're designed to do people can think you know it's a bit out there or you're talking about going back to living caves which is absolutely not but it's undeniable that modern societies come about very fast and there are certain processes that happen in the body um, which are linked to our evolution you know temperature variation being one of them and it's coming more to the forefront now especially with the um, great work that Wim Hof's been doing and the scientific studies that they're doing with him um, and looking into those benefits but you know let's say the fact that we live in temperature controlled environments all of the time we live in houses where we can control the temperature we have thick jackets that we can put on when it's cold um, but when you don't allow your body to experience those temperature variations so taking cold for example um and letting your vest, that vasoconstriction of your vascular system happen, then you're missing out a huge amount of um, benefits. It's essentially, you know, we go to the gym to exercise our muscles and our aerobic system. The only way you can exercise that muscular, the muscles around your vasculature 
is through experiencing temperature variations. Like you'll notice now I'm just in a t-shirt. It's been raining, it's not particularly warm, but a simple walk, 20 minute walk <coughs> without wearing a big coat um, or daily cold showers, something like that, will allow you to experience that, tap into that sort of power that we have in our DNA. Um, and the science is proving this out. This isn't just anecdotal. You know, there's hard evidence coming out to support this. And so for very simple things, um, basically just getting comfortable with being a bit uncomfortable with how we're meant to live. I think it's like we've held healthy. Pursued... Go for it. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, like healthy stresses, like we've, we've, we've extricated ourselves away from many of the healthy stresses in our life. And you raised a really, really amazing one there, something I don't know enough about yet, but I'm learning more and more about uh, with Wim Hof and breath work and cold water treatments and so on. Um, when did you first start really getting into this, Simon, and why? Um, so, uh, ever since I was, uh, well, health and fitness since I was younger. So I've always had an interest in that. Um, although that was probably, you know, the same as you down the classic lines of protein shakes and bodybuilding, you know, stuff for fitness for rugby and all the rest of it. Um, I've always had an interest in um, performance or you know performing as well as possible when I joined the military and during my time in the military I guess that was heightened so just looking for ways to perform as well as possible and I think I started during that time to look a bit more outside of um, just the conventional or traditional approaches around diet and exercise but that's really accelerated since leaving the military um, and setting up the Natural Edge, which is the coaching business um, that myself and my business partner have. And just looking at simple actions that people can take that are backed by science that form that baseline. So obviously we know that diet and exercise are massive and a, and a part of it. But sometimes those can be quite hard for people they struggle to implement them um, in the beginning so other sort of ancillary things you can do around that like we're talking about walking varying your temperature working on your sleep things that are perhaps easier that you can take simple steps towards but have a massive impact when you do them consistently and i think it is that sort of small and consistent ethos that is a key um, part of why we see success um, with the people we teach you know really moving away from that perfectionist mindset where you believe you have to take big actions to see big results but in the process of trying to achieve those big actions because you try and follow a rigid routine or something similar you quickly fall off the bandwagon because it's very hard to do that um, in our busy lives and so when people can't do it perfectly, they just throw it all out the window as opposed to concentrating on what something we call um, a positive moving average. So as long as your moving average is always inching towards the positive side of things and those small choices that you make, then you'll see success and you will get to where you want to be. You mentioned the, uh, the military there, Simon. And, you know, again, with the topic of walking, I mean, presumably that figured an awful lot in your in your, <laughs> awful in your military lot, career so can you tell us a little bit about a you know your military career for those who who may be listening to you for the first time and then b 
um, can you tell us a little bit about how walking factored into your career? Um, so I joined, so for those who are listening don't know, I went to, Lawrence and I met at university, at Cardiff University, the early 2000s, all that time ago. Um, after that, I joined the military, joined the Royal, uh, Royal Marines first. And then I went on to serve with special forces with the SBS. So throughout that career, walking definitely played a huge part of it. Um, I mean, even through so uh, Royal Marines training, I guess the um, <clears throat> the commando tests are quite well known throughout. That's the four tests you have to complete um, to finish your training. One of them being the thirty miler. Um, which is essentially what we call a yomp. So we term, I guess, walking or hiking, uh, yomping. Um, the army calls it tabbing, we call it yomping. And so it's 30 miles across Dartmoor. So it's kind of like a, um, a keystone or a, like a landmark um, test and, and part of training. And then I guess the other big sort of landmarks that I've had on selection for special forces obviously the brecon beacons is perhaps the most well-known part of that process and you are literally just walking around the brecon beacons every day with a heavy load on your back in um, arduous terrain culminating in the endurance route which is 64 kilometers with can't remember the base weight basically once you've got your food and water you're sort of getting around to the 60 um, 60 pounds mark and you've got 20 hours to complete that so it's a long walk through the night and the next day to to finish that so it has featured heavily um and can i can i ask as yeah, well to, on that yeah go yeah i it. mean on that on that note i mean do the army throw these long walks uh loaded heavily weighted walks at you purely for the physical challenge or is there other other elements to it uh, again with regards to your mental resolve yeah it's, well it's a combination of both in the fact that logistically you need to be able to move other distances with weight um just because of operationally that that's what you'll be doing whether you know you might be part of a small recce patrol um going out to look for the enemy um and so you have to you know you're carrying everything with you to get to whatever position you need to be um you know obviously there's very famous examples in the falklands war of um long marches done by the powers and marines and um, to get to certain objectives through horrendous conditions um and so logistically or physically, there's a need for it. You need to be capable of doing it. But there's definitely also a, the mental challenge of that. So take, for example, the selection part, um, the Brecon Beacon selection part of selection. That probably weeds out sort of 50% of the candidates straight away. Um, and it's, it's, to be honest, it's technically, that's not really the hardest part of selection. All that does is just weed out anyone suitable to go to the jungle, which is where selection really takes place. Um, but it does get rid of people because it is, it's hard. It's mentally hard, not only the terrain, so it's physically sapping on your body, but just being alone with your thoughts and um, sort of eight hours a day. And that really, I think, you know, tests your resolve of why you're there um, and whether you have a strong enough resolve to stick with it. 
um, to get through that boredom and the, the physical hardship that you're experiencing. And that sort of leads on to, I think, the other benefit of walking. Like you said, it gives you time to just sit with yourself. So much of our time, generally in modern society, we're always distracted or we've always got something going on, information coming towards us. We never have that slow pace to just sit with ourselves. And so many people struggle with that. They struggle with being alone with their own thoughts um, and what's going on in their head. But, you know, there's a huge power to that. And to me, it's a vital part of health and mental health as well. Um, I'm sure you've got thoughts on that too. Yeah, for sure. I feel like um, walking connects me to the present moment, you know, and, and all this mental time travel, this internal dialogue we have, which can so often drift into a negative mental dialogue as our ego that's, that's trying to almost protect us takes over and st we start to have these thoughts based around doubt, um, you know, imposter syndrome kicks in and the rest of it. But what I've found is anything that can cut through that and connect me to the present moment and get me to really, really delve deeper into my, well, my deeper consciousness um, is, is a, provides a massive win for me in terms of my emotional wellness, my mental health and walking, like you, you said, has been, it's like my first thing. It's my first go-to, particularly over COVID where we've had the time to without any need to be up and out the door on a, on a sort of long working commute. It'll be have a coffee and just go for a walk. I don't, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know, you know, what I'm going to figure out. But it, I don't know if it's going to be 30 minutes or if it's going to be two hours if I've got the time. But it always allows me to, uh, to sort of reconfigure uh, emotionally where I'm at to be. I always feel massively positive when I come back as well. The fresh oxygen um, into the whole system, my brain, my, everything kind of lighting up and um getting a real sense of place in the world a sense of perspective as well you know you look at trees that are, that are five times your age or whatever and you kind of think oh you know my my place in the universe is you know it's um it's 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 perspective you know and um yeah i think um you know i've been on some life-changing walks as well and this is why i wanted to start the podcast is that a lot of the biggest decisions i've made have been whilst on a walk either either with myself and just going through the process of not trying to fight hard for the answers, but just putting one foot in front of the other and letting the answers come to me. Because we all know the answers are often already within us, but we have this, what the Buddhists called armoring of the heart, where through experiences in life, and that might be emotional trauma, uh, we start to kind of um, build this, this fortress around our heart. And um, walking is, is one of the great to, tools to help kind of break that down we start to sort of shed and release a lot of the tension that we feel the physical and emotional tension um and it's definitely a form of letting go for me um that allows me to sort of access as i say the the deeper wisdom that's within the answers that are already there as part of my deeper consciousness and i went for you know one of the big walks that springs to mind for me is i went for a walk with uh my girlfriend at the time in richmond park on a sunday We've been living in London for eight odd years at the time. And, you know, you reach a certain crossroads in your life um, where, you know, you, you intuitively and naturally your actions start to change and you start to, you start to sort of reassess your current situation. You know, why am I here? I'm, I'm doing the same things I was doing a number of years ago. Is this what I want to be doing? And so we went for a walk in Richmond Park to have a conversation about it to figure it out. And by the end of that walk and by the end of that conversation, we had decided to uh, to move out of London and to buy a house together in the countryside 
um, having lived in, in central London for, for eight years. And within a very short space of time, uh, we'd, we'd found a house, we'd moved into a village, which I didn't even know existed before. Um, we got married, we had two kids, and it's five years down the line now, and it's just completely changed the whole direction of my life, and it never would have happened, or possibly wouldn't have happened quite in the same way if we hadn't had that conversation whilst walking for, uh, for those hours and just really kind of dissecting our life and, and connecting with each other and ourselves. And I, the power of walking from that moment has really, really stuck with me. And I, I wondered with you, Simon, if you had any walks that spring to mind for you particularly, which have had a powerful impact on you and your life. Um, in terms of specific ones apart from the big ones which are part of the military i wouldn't say that it's uh, not one stands out but the only reason that i say that is because i've always used walking to make key decisions um so the same as you i just find that getting out and giving yourself that space away from everything allows you you to process your thoughts far better um and if you just have that question percolating and just keep sort of asking yourself the question and searching for that answer because you're right in the fact that most of the time you know our gut feel or we know what we need to do but it can be really hard to actually make that decision especially if it has big consequences you know that might mean breaking up a long-term relationship, changing a job, um, or, you know, it could just down to smaller data today things, perhaps it's an argument we've had, or there's some kind of conflict going on at work. And so for me, walking is definitely the sort of go-to tool that I use to process that, to just sit with whatever the, the thought is or the problem is and just search for that way through it. And it's just, I think a lot of, people do because it is it's something we naturally do we all are designed to walk and, and move and be you know you talked about the power of nature and again it's something i think we naturally all feel better afterwards when we've been out for a in neat nature and green spaces and perhaps we don't always you know don't link it we don't fully understand it but you know there's hard science starting to back that up then big studies going into forest bathing um which is a term that's come out of Japan. Um, and there's, you know, they physically measured certain markers in the body before and after exposure to time in nature. Um, and there's, you know, clear statistical figures showing to the fact that it's hugely beneficial for our physical and mental health. But like I said, you don't, you know, you don't even necessarily need to know that. Um, anecdotally, you go out for a walk it's rare, you know, it's very rare that you're going to feel worse for it. Um, it's just unless, a very... Unless there's a massive um, <laughs> rainstorm bear. like today and yeah. you go back completely soaked. And completely... <laughs> but even that, even uh, that, I think yeah. even like the walks that provide a bit of hardship, it means you get home, you have a cup of tea exactly. and you feel more alive and it's that kind of I stress. I tell it. you, yes, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. That's, you know, that's one of the things that I, I saw a great, um, it's a great mountain documentary it's the same the military and this guy in the documentary um, sort of goes and does big big adventures in, in the mountains um, and he said when when you get back from one of those trips you could go and have you know it could be the warmest 
beer you've had and a completely average burger but i tell you what that beer and that burger will be the best meal feel like the best meal you've had and it's so true when you've been out in the field in the military or on operations or whatever it is coming back and that that first meal that you have that first shower that you have and um, first sleep in a warm bed like you appreciate that so much and those simple um, pleasures and that is massive especially in society now because we've made ourselves so comfortable everything's so readily available we fail to appreciate that stuff it's expectation isn't it and you know we get to the point where we expect to be comfortable all the time and we always avoid discomfort um and then you know we sort of um get to a point where we've got this kind of uh, void to fill and we start filling it with instant gratification so we're like oh well you know i need a i need uh, i need to feel alive i'm just going to go down the pub and get pissed with everyone now so, and, and then we, we we get into this cycle of kind of comfort and then instant gratification whereas actually if we kind of extricate ourselves from that cycle um and we embrace uh healthy discomfort it's this it's stoicism almost again isn't it um but we you know through through you know i know you have a nice bath outside every morning we're talking about walking now, come rain or shine, putting yourself through a little bit of uh, healthy hardship in order to come home to fully appreciate the fact that you've got a, a roof over your head, hot drink in your hand and the rest of it. And uh, uh, trust me, you know, that you, it, it elevates your life experience and it really, truly makes you feel alive. And you, you don't need those other Instagram gratification uh, trappings of life if you, if you get this formula right. Yeah, I think it's there's great power in just becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable um, and just exposing short doses of that. You know, if I look back to military training, the times that stand out the most and the times that you bond the most with the people around you are the times of hardship. That's the whole real purpose of making basic training for example such a an arduous time because it's the best way to create those strong bonds with those around you and i think i think we broke off earlier when i was saying it even just you know getting out going for a walk with friends spending a night while camping whatever it is those shared experiences and relationships that's where the real sort of happiness and joy in life comes from you know for most people if you ask them to name or think to a time when they're very happy for most people it would involve other people or some form um, of experience as opposed to something um, you know yes it's great when uh, we you know get something whatever maybe it is a new jacket or something but again I guarantee that the times that you've really valued or found happiness in something or it's a material object are the times when you've had to earn it and work for it as opposed to just being able to get it straight away because it feels there's so much um, more gratitude with that and you kind of it's a reflection of the process that you took to get to that point and I think that is where all of the power, all of the learning, um, you know, all of our good experiences come from is in the process rather than the end event. And the problem with um, putting stuff off and looking to the future to a singular event, whether that's losing the amount of weight or um, getting a certain thing and just concentrating on that, you are essentially offsetting your happiness to that future point and telling yourself that 
only when you get to there will you be happy. Um, when in actual fact, you need to get to the point, you need to reframe your mindset and understand that it is the daily process. It's the things you do on a day-to-day basis and your journey to get there is really where the success, the happiness, where everything lies. Um, so I think that's a really sort of yes. important point to think about or to try and take on board. I think it's so true because we love goal setting. Of course, we want we want vision. We, we want to have structure towards realizing visions. But if we pin everything on outcomes, then, you know, we, we, we as you say, you kind of out, you, you, you miss out on so much happiness in the present or fulfillment in the present. And actually, if we if we can kind of reframe things just to explore each present moment with real curiosity um, and almost to surrender the outcomes to being whatever they will be, as long as we turn up uh, and, and, and do our best, um, live by our true values, you know, consistently and 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 explore every moment with curiosity, then that's where the real kind of. Uh, fulfillment and, and life happiness comes from for me and that, that, that reframing has been a bit of a game changer for me again having um, for, for many years focused so much on outcomes always on outcomes always on outcomes and whether they go your way or they don't you're either kind of sh- your happiness is either shattered or it's short-lived um, and then you're on to the next cycle working yeah. towards the next outcome which uh, again the whole talking about walking now that walking is a process you if you're walking you haven't arrived somewhere you are in the present moment, exploring it with curiosity, with every step you take, your view of your environment is shifting and changing. And if you can just really um, be with that and explore it, um, both in terms of the external environment you're witnessing and the internal environment within yourself emotionally, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful way to live. And you can you can live like this every single day. What you know? Why wouldn't we, Simon? Why wouldn't we? <laughs> why wouldn't we, Lawrence? Well, we do. Yeah. We do. <laughs> it is. Um... It is definitely a process and it is, you know, goals are important because they set your aim, they give you direction. But, and it can be hard to sort of switch or just to get on board with that that process is, you know, what you're doing day to day is how you're really creating that true happiness. And it can be hard, especially when you're tough circumstances and obviously things will ebb and flow. But just looking again it comes down to those small wins and that moving average and you know walk is a perfect example of it if you've got busy work or you know stuff going on and perhaps especially at times you know don't have the time to or you can't find the time to exercise all these things just giving yourself 10 minutes 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes on lunch break whatever it is it's a little bit of time to yourself and to do something that naturally without any effort will bring great benefit to the body again because of those um, physiological processes that are going to be going on sort of release of endorphins you know it's a very simple win that will aid you basically and hopefully will help get through that tough time it's when we move you know it's not the it's not the answer it's never a singular thing um that enables that it's just to me it's a tool like all of these things, something that you can employ um, to hopefully, well, will make your life better. Talking about making your life better, I think it's, uh, it's, it's come about time in our walk for a slight break, a, a quick snack break, nonetheless. So you'll notice here I've got my Trek Protein Flapjack. 
I've gone for the smooth lemon flavor. Have you ever had the smooth lemon flavor before? <laughs> I've never had the smooth lemon flavor, but I do love a smooth lemon taste. So I'm sure <laughs> it will be delicious. It's a bit like, so, so this, this particular Trek protein flapjack is, it's a bit like, you know, those lemon drizzle cakes that you have with your cup of tea around 3 p.m. And it gives you that kind of smooth, warming satisfaction. That's what you get. But I know you're a big fan of the Trek Protein Flapjacks yourself as well. I must say, well, they were. I did use them a lot in the military. Um, so especially selection, because when, again, going back to the Brecon phase of selection, you sort of uh, you definitely get accustomed to all the different types of bars and things out there just because you, you can't no matter how much you eat during that period, you'll still lose weight. You just can't take in enough calories. Um, and it's actually an incredibly part, you know, important part sort of managing that calorie intake during the process. Because if you slip into that glycogen debt, yeah, it's very hard to get out of and recover from. And because of the timings and the terrain on the hills, you really can't afford to basically be physically slipping especially if you know it's very easy to make a slight navigation error um, and if you do then you have to work twice as hard to get get back on track yeah. and make sure you make it on time so nutrition is a huge part um so go on then what, what are what trek bars were you were you munching on in selection then you, i mean salted caramel is one of the the, the recent ones they hey. wouldn't have been out back then that, no we wouldn't have had that luxury i actually think <laughs> back then because it was 2012 um i think it probably just would have been the plain one or the chocolate one i think they were the two yeah cocoa one yeah definitely that's um, the one my daughter keep oh, she keeps stealing those from me we're going for a walk later my daughter's like bring some bring some of your chocolate trek bars bring some of those I think the uh, I think I did have the coconut one as well. I think that oh, yeah, was yeah. Uh, another one to uh, to mix it up. But yeah, oh nice, good times. Yeah, and again, it's all part of it. I, for me, like going for a walk, and you know, option A is early on in our conversation where I go for a long walk somewhere, and I want to really, really enjoy uh, my time away in the environment. I might be gone for a couple of hours. Those moments where you actually stop pause and you find yourself in a, in a wonderful spot and you you get your snack out you get your trek bar out and you start sort of just taking it all in regenerate you know getting the energy levels back up and uh, and then you set off again I, I just love those little moments as well those little moments of, to pause and reflect yeah beautiful well I've, I've certainly enjoyed exploring each moment of this conversation Simon I want to thank you I want to thank you so much and uh before we sign off for anyone listening uh where can they find you online and um if they want to get involved with the natural edge how do they go about that but you're slipping into a david brent-esque uh, sort of quote there traveling exploring <laughs> exploring new yeah. places exploring yourself <laughs> uh, so the natural edge which you can find on instagram as the natural the natural i think it's the dot natural edge um or website again naturaledge.com are probably the two easiest places to go to and you can see everything from there amazing well i'm gonna finish the rest of my trek bar now i've got this lovely view on the hillside overlooking the village down below uh the rain's coming down but i've got a little bit of cover from the canopy in the woods here and it's a it's a lovely gorgeous moment and again i wouldn't wouldn't be experiencing this if i hadn't uh, got up 
put one foot in front of the other and, and essentially left the house. So thank you for joining me on my walk, Simon. My pleasure. Beautiful in Worcestershire. And we will see you yeah. very soon. It is lovely now the sun's come out. Thank you very much for uh, this lovely walk, Lawrence. I will chat to you soon. See you, buddy. See you later, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, this is the outro. The podcast is now finished, but don't hang up the phone yet. I mean, turn off the phone. I mean, turn off the podcast because I have one more favour to ask you. If you liked the podcast, which presumably, if you got this far, you did, I did something right, please subscribe. Please leave a review. And most importantly, please tell all of your friends because it's just going to be so embarrassing if no one listens to this. I need you on my side to push this out into the world wide web. Please, please help. Please tell everybody, please. And thank you so much. Write a review. Have you done it yet? Have you written that review? See you next time. Bye. Have you written the review yet? Yeah.